0: The views expressed on the Black Magic podcast are our own. We do not speak for the whole Black community, but welcome discussion and debate throughout our community and with each other. Everyone a date, having fun, vibing. Things are going okay. They're a pretty cool person, and then y'all hit a snag. A miscommunication, an accidental offensive comment. You pause. Wait, what? What did they just say do i smile that was super ignorant though why'd they say that we were vibing should i say something nah
1: as black people in a largely white society with many different minority cultures we often let these moments slide because hey why fuss you really don't know
0: what to say and besides they cute Today on the Black Magic Podcast, we talk about dating while black, our struggles, because there have been struggles, successes, and growth, as well as our dating scene, how our dating scene has been altered by the pandemic.
1: So, do you guys ever experience this? This like code switch that has to happen when you're dating a partner that's outside of your race?
2: Honestly, there's only, I think I've only gone out with two non-black people in my life. And yeah, there's definitely a difference. I don't know if I would call it like code switching specifically, but like I felt like my whole demeanor and personality kind of had to alter a little bit to get a better connection with them, which is not good. Because why can't I be myself and it works out? But that's just what my brain well, told me to do for some reason.
1: Right. I feel like I'm not going to be received in the right way. Like I'm going to be received. They're not. They're going to hear my connotations differently than I like want them to be heard or something.
0: Yeah, it's pretty intense for me because, you know, I was born and raised in Jamaica. So it's a completely different way of speaking mannerisms, much more randomly masculine is much more sort of jovial and jokey so it's a code switch and there's like a cultural like a cultural flip of a switch that that changes if you're dating like a black person even if it's not a jamaican black person versus someone who is like outside that um my race like someone who is south asian or asian or european of european descent right i find like it's there's just more Not that there's
1: more to talk about, but conversation, for me anyway, tends to flow a lot more smoothly because, like, I know what you can relate to and and we have those topics to immediately bring up whereas, like, I don't know, I find that there's, like, I don't really know what to say sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because,
2: I don't know, it's weird. You have this, like, unspoken familiarity, I can't say that word, with, like, other Black people you know it's just that weird like on some sort of level you're gonna connect whereas with like a non-black person yeah you have to search for things that you have in common
1: and then also I feel like in my brain I'm fighting like this constant idea in the back of my mind like oh my god I don't want them to like think of me as a stereotype I don't want to live up to whatever stereotype they have in their brain and like have that be how they understand me by the time the state is done yeah
2: and how annoying is that like you can't say a simple sentence without thinking of all these implications afterwards like literally every single thing that you do say act look is going to be perceived in a certain way and you want to avoid the negative perceptions so it's like everything you do is like a conscious it's like a next level of anxiety
1: that you're constantly thinking for yourself and them like dating in itself already brings on those like little anxieties because you know you're being open and vulnerable with this person and always you're always going to be you know semi, semi-conscious about how they're going to receive you but I feel like it's a next level in that situation probably honestly brought on by our brought up see here in Newmarket and um <laughs> all the things that we've been through in that setting so I feel like as we go into dating outside of our race, like we already have like the armor up because we already have been through these mm-hmm. traumatic experiences. So how about we go into that a little bit? Like, what was your first dating experiences like in with the new market? <laughs> Let's get right into the trauma. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I mean, uh, for me, it was pretty much non-existent until. University, because just I was. I don't know, like for me, I just felt like the opposite of what was considered like attractive or desirable being the one black girl who is plus size, who doesn't have the straight hair, you know, always wearing braids or whatever, and like not following all the cool trends or whatever. So I don't know. I just felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb from the right. beginning. So the whole dating aspect, like that was not even <laughs> like an option.
1: When, I, when we first spoke about this the other night when we were preparing this episode, like honestly, you guys made me feel so much better about myself because I also have had like like zero dating experience within the market for the most part, especially in while I was in high school and school. Like, I thought I was like, I don't know, messed up or whatever the case might be. Is like, I thought I was like so, so unusual, but like, it really helps my self esteem knowing that I, that other black girls or black people also experience that similar experience. Because again, in my mind, I always compare myself to Serena William in that idea of um, how people belittle her for quote unquote having masculine physical appearance, or you know what I mean? Like, people just aren't, they don't understand how black women can exist in multiple kinds of bodies. And for me, when I was young and growing up, like I was definitely the first person to mature, Um, you know, like I became, I came into my quote unquote woman body a lot earlier than other girls did. But then I also had, you know, these broad shoulders, dark skinned, obviously I have all like big lips, all those typical black woman features, except for a big bum, (laughs) naturally. But, you know what I mean? So I had all, yeah, <laughs> of course they left that one out. Um, <laughs> right. But I had all these features that I honestly did not find attractive. And then it was almost like the people around me also kind of reinforced that I was not attractive. Just in, yes. and again, not like they came up to me or like, oh God, she's ugly. But, you know, I was never asked for a dance at a school, for a school, at a school dance, excuse me. Um, and those little things, even as you're growing up and really are very young and naive, like, those all really stick with you. You, you get a very good understanding of where you kind of sit on the totem pole of, like, likability. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, yeah, in high school, my dating experience consisted of accidentally inviting myself to a movie with um, some people and me and the person just going off and talking for a while. And that's the extent of it. And it was easier in Jamaica because that's just the culture here. It's 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 just there's this pressure to just keep the conversation going, even if it's about nothing. And in my experience, that's just right. It gets awkward after a while, and which is why you run into situations like um, the one the one that we mentioned.
1: Yeah, that's actually interesting that you mentioned that because I find that as well. I'm a I'm someone who's very comfortable mm-hmm. with silence and. Um oh you know what I mean like certain pauses are nice just like taking their mannerisms like taking the person who they are you know what I mean and it gives you a moment to actually think about what they said and think about what else you want to inquire about the person where I I also kind of get that pressure of what's next I have to be thinking about the next question what comes next after this like
0: loud silences are the best like when like you don't feel awkward y'all are just silent and y'all are just vibing and there's no real pressure to find the next um, topic you're, you y'all are just enjoying each other's company, right? And that that that's just so rare to actually find, because exactly. otherwise you just do feel this anxiety to almost entertain your date, right? Mm-hmm. Right,
1: right, exactly. That's so true. Um, and then coming into like even this statistic here, it's um, OKCupid did a report in twenty fourteen that determined that uh, most straight men using the dating app. Um, rated so any straight guy rated black women as less attractive in comparison to other races so hearing statistics like that like I'm not surprised because of my own lived experience but then it kind of again reinforces this idea that as a black woman my experience dating and feeling those insecurities about if that other person is gonna view me as attractive and then also like we mentioned just code switching to help Help me fit into their idea of, you know, A, what I should be or whatever the case might be is, it kind of makes that seem a little bit less uh, terrible.
2: Yeah, it's definitely very interesting that, I mean, just going off of both of our experiences that we just talked about, how we're kind of conditioned to feel a certain way about ourselves from so early on. And then what kind of, um, like, what are the consequences of that as you get older? So now you're having these self-esteem issues. You're feeling insecure. And as much as people like to um, ignore it, but how one presents themselves and how they look, how desirable, desirable people find them, that plays a huge part in how you're receptive. So now when you're going into work environments, trying to assert yourself within certain environments, it can be so hard to feel like you've really earned that position or you deserve to be in that position because from almost day one, you've been made to feel like you are an outcast and you're not like the people that people want to see if most straight men are saying that black women are less attractive. You know, what kind of, how is that supposed to make us feel, you know? And how are we supposed to navigate life knowing that we're
1: just... The black The, the black bottom, sheep. well,
2: yeah, exactly. I don't want to say bottom
1: of the barrel. But yeah, but no, I, we're at the bottom of the totem pole you know, of the quote unquote preferences. And it definitely launches me personally into this idea that I've, I've been people pleasing for my whole life. hmm you know, you don't get a real opportunity to be your authentic self because you're constantly changing yourself for whoever you're speaking to and and trying to alter it to how you think how you think they think you are, right? Which is mm-hmm. automatically all all messed up because you're all I'm always going to revert back to them thinking that you know I'm just that that um, that black girl like that and every stereotype that comes with that black girl. Yeah. Um, and for me also, it was just kind of this idea of a lack of, like, I perceived myself then with all of these stereotypes and these tropes that about that, what a Black person, a Black woman, excuse me, would be in regards to, like, you know, I'm not feminine. Um, or, like, you know, if you go along with those characteristics and of the trope that people would associate us with, you know, we're not feminine, we're not desirable, um, we're not gentle and soft and... And all those things so then you kind of it it takes away almost from how you can express yourself in a way it's it's weird yeah and it
2: comes from like all sides too like not even in just the realm of dating I've heard it from like my own family members who don't date black women because they've said like that they're too aggressive, too Mm -hmm. loud, whatever. So it's like, okay, yes, and you are my family member, and this is what you think that you are telling me, like, as a young person? How is that supposed to make me feel if my own family looks down on us? Like, Mm -hmm. really? How, what what am I supposed to do with that information? Obviously, it's extremely damaging to one's self-esteem, and it's so hard to escape it. And to get to a level where, to just being yourself unapologetically, I am jealous of those people because that's still a long way for me.
1: Yeah, so unfortunate. How do you feel, Matthew? Um, the dating has been or different uh, from you mentioned very briefly in terms of the silence in, in. in conversations but overall different from um, here to jamaica
0: ah yeah i think in jamaica there is this there's this casual element to it obviously you know it's stress you like person you want to ask them out and you know thing and all that ray 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 but i think the environment is fundamentally different like if you want to meet people in jamaica you go to a party you go to a fete right it's just like an expected environment of sort of just people sort of being randomly flirty with you for no reason in particular and then moving on with the day. Right? So it can be more chauvinistic, but it's also just more open and casual. Whereas here, you know, it's it it feels more more like a chore. It feels more like something you have to do, a barrier you cross into, and then and now you're in the dating scene. Right? It's something that you can almost switch on or off. Right. Whereas in Jamaica it's it's just sort of a casual thing. That's just in the air and around you. I kind of get this sense that it's North
1: American culture that differs from a lot of the rest of the world. Because when I go outside of North America, like I I feel that also as an as a tourist in other places that again, like you mentioned, like that flirtiness and openness about the flirtiness, and you know, it's a very normalized, it's not like something you have to like give yourself a pep talk before doing. You just throw it out there and hope it's received if it's not you just keep walking keep moving on with your day whereas like here like you mentioned like even back to you know s- school dances and you've got to like get the pep talk from 10 different people okay this is how you're going to do it you're going to walk up to him and you're going to like you know what i mean and it i i really feel like it's not that deep and place people around the world in other cultures also don't find it as deep as we find it here oh yeah when like
2: you should see these, um, like, you just call them in general, like, African uncles. Those, like, middle-aged single men that go to all the parties and just get drunk and hit on the young girls. Like, they're so brave with it. They just go up to anyone. Oh, baby, I love you. I want you to be my wife. Please marry me. Whatever, whatever. I'll spoil you with all the gifts. And that's a normal thing. When I went to Ghana last year, walking down the street, I swear I felt so appreciated over there. First of all, <laughs> because the men like. At the same time, it was like obviously annoying, but sometimes it's nice to have people big you up yeah. and you know try to hit on you See a little you bit. As beautiful, and, and yeah. I, I value
1: someone, you know. It's the chase. It's nice to be chased. Yes.
2: And there's no thought about, like you said, the pep talk or, like, trying to get yourself ready to go talk to someone or tell them that you like them, whatever. Like, no. And I feel like in a lot of, um, like, global south countries, that is not
1: how it works at all. At all. That's so funny. And I'm jealous. No, me too. I, I feel like it, it really causes people to try too hard here. Like, you really thought out everything in your mind and thought it was going to go a certain way. And then when I don't respond in the way you... Thought I would, which ninety percent of the time I will not. And then you're like stuck. You're like, oh, yeah. So what happens next? Yeah. So can I have your number? And it's like, <laughs> like so nah, no, Keep if it pushing.
0: Attractive in some of those places, <laughs> you've kind have been told you're not gonna guess. You're not gonna be guessing why they're staring at you. They're gonna come up to you and they're gonna hit on you. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, it's just a part of it. And right. you know, it, and 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 you know, w- women. In in Jamaica and in those places also do complain that sometimes they just want to break, they want peace, they're just walking, they just want to be left alone. But I think in, in Canada it it's it it can be the other right. extreme where, you know, you're overthinking everything. Well, I
1: think also in that, like in terms of just the body language, like so much can be said just in body language. Like I know you're hitting on me from across the room because you're like dead set, body squared to me, staring at me. <laughs> like Yeah. Obviously, in certain aspects, if it's someone you actually find really unattractive, like, that's not probably gonna work. But if I, if you're a super attractive person and I look over once, twice, and you're staring at me, like, that in itself is something unspoken already that you've made a connection between the two of us without even being in earshot of me. So then when you approach, you've already, like, almost broken that glass already. You've been staring at me and you, you right. saw me staring back at you, so. I feel like those are the types of things that are also missing within, like, the North American dating scene. Like, a lot of the time, like, it's not... I don't know, again,
0: like, it's not as open It's some, something you have to fear yeah. or, like... I feel like if it was more open, people, yeah. would, people would, like, learn the body Everyone language shy, too, right? Because I think sometimes, guys, sometimes we tend to just say, all right, on to the next one. Not interested, on to the next one. Whereas you're not really observing who's actually probably interested in you, <laughs> right?
1: Or the exact opposite, then not adhering to the body language that says, I'm not interested in you because you're not looking at body language yes. at all.
2: Right. And that's where the dangerous part
1: comes in. So what would you guys look for in uh, your typical partner and a good partner? Mm, for me,
2: <laughs> um, I guess someone with like a sense of humor. Cause me, I like to laugh. So, I would like for us to be able to joke around. Um, And someone that's also open minded. Like, I'm so over of all these cultural norms that we've grown up with. Like, I'm just over all of it. So, ideally, I would like to find someone who's also in that mindset because you know, we're trying to create new generational cycles. I'm not trying to repeat the old. So, as long as they have those two characteristics, and I won't lie—I love me a dark-skinned black man.
1: So, if any of the, if any of y'all listen, <laughs> hit her up. Feel it's Radia Hansen on Instagram. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> um, I would say confidence is um probably on the top of my list. Like, even if you're not. 10 out of 10 on the scale of attractiveness if you approach me in a confident manner you're more likely to get my attention because I like someone who is unafraid to take up space and unapologetically so which is also why I find like I really do feel like I'm gonna find my match outside of Canada because it's all those things that I like that people don't do here like like the body language part you know what I mean like um unapologetically coming over and not being afraid of, A, what I think or what anyone else around me is going to think. Because that's another thing, too. When people think, like, you're in a group, they don't want to come up to you because then they feel judged by the group. I, I want you to not care about the group because you're talking to me only. Like, yes. that's what I love. So confidence. Um, and I also need someone who is who does not prescribe to any toxic masculine ideologies. Like, I don't have a minute of time for that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially when you're half the time you don't care what the you either. So... Yeah, so I guess extroverted uh, and they can talk. Really, when I say extroverted, I don't just mean like, you know, they want to go outside all the time. I mean that there are going to be moments when it will be nice to just stay inside and like read a book or watch something. But like, I tend to be the kind of person who wants to stay inside. So I feel like I need someone who would drag me out of the house and be like, no, we're going here and we're going there and we're going this place too. And to sort of say, oh, he's going to complain, but he's going to love it anyway.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Oh. That's so sweet. I'm dead. Essa. I want that too. <laughs> My cousin actually was talking to me about that. Um, The idea of doing things because your partner wants to do it, not because you want to do it. And doing it because you know, like, yeah. it'll make them happy.
2: Yeah. Like, I feel like if you truly care for someone, like, you're going to do things for them as they will do things for you. And I feel like that's just what a balanced relationship should right. be. And I think a lot of the times with at least our generation, a lot of us are very selfish. And honestly, like, listen, coming from someone who's never even been in a serious relationship, like, (laughs) take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. But at least from what I've heard, (laughs) from what I've heard from my friends' problems, because everyone loves to come to me as the therapist for some reason. Like, it just sounds like everyone's very selfish and not willing to be vulnerable and take the time to reassure their partners and obviously everyone needs that reassurance because at the end of the day we're all insecure about
1: something yeah. and i mean like what's what's the point of being intimate if that's not really like returned that's that's where yes. the deep connection would like really comes from so now that we talk about what we want what are like red flags immediately walk away run away okay, leave, okay. the bill. they immediately talk about themselves
0: <laughs> they won't ever talk about themselves and they the fra- if, mm-hmm. if they if they ever ask you on like the third or fourth date or you're just talking for like a week or two and they keep asking things like so what do you think of me so how am i doing so far and it's just like that speaks to a deep-seated insecurity that i you know i don't think is a good idea
2: that makes sense Um, for me, (laughs) I mean, I first, um, at first I initially wrote being a conservative, but I think that might be a little bit too harsh, but anyone who's, (laughs) I don't know about that, (laughs) but if, (laughs) you know, if you're just like, so set in those past, like, norms and just that, like, conservative way of thinking we're not going to get along like it's just not even a point of trying to go any further because i'm not going to waste my time trying to convince you of human rights human Mm -hmm. rights (laughs) sorry (laughs) and also big red flag is whenever you first meet someone and they immediately talk about like being physical that's
1: not cute right like you don't do that when you first Need someone. It's like when they give you a first kiss and you meet their tongue before their lips. Like, who? (laughs) You're doing too much. Y'all need to practice with your pillows more
2: often because we are not dogs. No. That's
1: hilarious. A red flag. Oh my goodness. I I swear I just had a good one and it just left my brain completely. that's on
0: daylight savings. That is, oh my
1: goodness, we—I needed that hour. That they stole the government stole our hours. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say someone um, who doesn't answer questions in a straight-up manner, like. I don't know, they always find a dodge to the question. So you're here on one end being, you know, vulnerable, maybe talking about your family, maybe, you know, going into maybe past relationship details, stuff like that, and then you ask them something and they give you the most avoidant answer, like, oh, you know, yeah, we're all right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, an answer that really doesn't give you any information about themselves, I, I cannot, like, that's, like, a huge red flag, because if you're not trying to get more intimate, like, or, like, you know, open yourself to those details, it's, like, then it's a red flag you're not you're not here for some for the long term yeah like why are you lying already (laughs) and the omission of information is also included in lying always yes and like why do you think so highly of yourself that you think that information is gonna like what am I gonna do stalk your family afterwards like why is that information so valuable (laughs) to keep to your chest right and if you're trying
2: to get to know me on an intimate level like there needs to be some sort of vulnerability here, so you know, like yes or no, what's going on?
1: <laughs> so then, what can we establish then? Our our overall uh, preferences, and I say preferences because you know we differentiate preferences from prejudice, where we understand the word like never, like oh, I would never date that person, um, is more associated with um, excuse me, like prejudice in terms of you're saying that and you're generalizing a whole group because of a quality you think they have because you've never dated them Mm -hmm. so what are we what are our preferences
0: um I don't really have any sort of um preferences but I think just in terms of their outlook they have to be they they can't say something like for example I'm colorblind (laughs) that's just not true Um, they definitely have to be aware that race and ethnicity is a (laughs) thing but it's as far as them i'm not really picky yeah i don't
2: i mean i don't really like to say it because it gives me like colorist vibes but i don't know i do prefer being with a darker skinned black man and I don't know. I feel like there's some social implications behind that, obviously. Right. But I mean, in me saying that, like, what really makes a difference in someone else saying, "Oh, I only date like white people" or something like that, because I would never say that, like, I only date black men because I've tried other races or <laughs> tested <just in> the <laughs> water. <that> <laughs> like I've been with. <laughs> what do you say? But- like, I've been with people of different racial backgrounds. Um, but yeah,
1: it's just... I don't, I don't view as that I as colorist be- because uh, of your reasoning behind it. Okay. Um, well, then that makes me Yeah, funny. because I think, like, from what I understand of our conversations, I think you're coming more from a place of, that's where you're comfortable. That's who has shown you that you're yeah. valuable. That's who has shown you that they are um, attracted to you and all that stuff. Like... I feel like that's not coming from a place, especially in a society where like a couple years ago, light skins and light skin this, light skin that, like all that stuff, like you'll still hear in songs, people glorifying, you know, the exotics, the mixed races, all that stuff. So like, I don't think that comes um, from a place for you of like, not liking someone per se. Like I, like you mentioned, you've, you've tested the waters, like you've said, okay, this person's attractive (laughs) enough and like, let me get to know them. Let me feel out their vibe. So it's not like you're saying, never would I ever.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it just comes from like that place of security and just knowing that there's always going to be like some sort of unspoken agreement. Because at least from the times where I've tried with non-Black people, it was awkward. And there really needs to be a deep connection for that sort of relationship to work. And at least in my experiences, I didn't experience that connection. Right. So
1: I almost feel like you would have to be my friend first as a non black person like I yeah. feel like I'd have to know your family get to have a deeper understanding of you, of your cultural understandings, and everything before I delve into that because i wouldn't. I don't think it's the color for me, I think it's the culture. I think it's um yeah. your understanding, like I said before of maybe lingo it might be your understanding of food it might be um not having to go through that awkward first moment of like oh that was inherently racist but I guess that didn't (laughs) you didn't understand that to be so you know so I I don't know I, I feel like that stuff would really put my back up and so that's why I'm more hesitant to explore but I have explored and it was pretty much the same as you Nadia it was extremely extremely awkward and I really feel like as someone who's grown up in Newmarket like I'm very comfortable with white people I had to be so I feel like it's awkward because they're not comfortable with me
2: exactly that's that's it right there
1: yeah
2: you know that's also like the sad part like I've grown to come to become accustomed to being around white people because we were forced into it So it's not that I have this, like, unspoken or weird aggression towards you. Like, you know, you are who you are, whatever. But then it feels like on the opposite side for them, we don't really get that grace. No matter how many Black people they've been Mm -hmm. around. They
1: always feel the need to throw in the, for a Black girl like like yes. that and it's such it is such it's probably the worst underhanded com- um compliment because it's like mm-hmm. the epitome of belittling me to a stereotype which is you know as we just mentioned really un- and truly what we've been trying to avoid yeah um so yeah in terms of my dating preferences i say anyone for the most part who has that caribbean culture like um and i i wouldn't even limit it to caribbean culture because you know I really do think my husband will be um, someone whom I meet in England of Nigerian or Ghanaian background. I just that's, mm. but born in England is a huge part. Not born in England, but like you know what I mean, raised <laughs> in England because yeah, they come here and they come and they pick up on the Torontonian ways. And I feel like that's just waste, man. That's the definition of waste.
0: <laughs> the waste Bible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly and it's because they have they already have the finesse of like their own cultures Which is honestly so attractive and then they come here and then they get like the the cocky. I don't want to care I don't want to try harder like Mindset and attitude and then it just it creates the ultimate fuck boy really truly mm-hmm. um, But I did find it very interesting um, this statistic about kind of mixed-race marriages within Canada, so Within um, Toronto and Vancouver, it touches almost 10% of mixed marriages, which is awesome. But you know we already understand why that number is so high because um, within those cities, the vast amount of immigrants, new immigrants, minorities. Whereas in Canada overall as a whole, it's only 4.6% um, of mixed mixed race marriages. Um, 15% never consider even marrying a different ethnicity. Again, this is Canada as a whole. And this one, which is not shocking, but maybe shocking to some, 11% are uncomfortable having multi-ethnic neighbours. Imagine not minding your business so much that you're concerned about your multi-ethnic neighbours.
2: Right? Like, why do you care? How does that affect you? It's so weird, like, to be so concerned about other people because of their ethnic background that your own neighbors, like, is it really that serious? I just don't know what you're
1: worried about. Like, cause, Because in that statement, right. it's like... First of all... <laughs> multi-ethnic neighbors. So you're, you're worried about people who are not just one ethnicity living in one household. What do you... Are you fearing for someone in that household? Are you... You take them as like an eyesore? Like, what are you really concerned about?
2: Exactly. It's those biases that they have that's influencing that. And that's crazy. Before you even meet someone, you have a judgment on them already. Right.
1: And I think a lot of that, um, again, stems or comes from or is a lot more common in our parents' generation. And and what, they, what their preferences are and what they think. Now, uh, granted, I also kind of think about that with uh, the ID, idea behind it of... You have to think about the times they grew up in. Like, if you think that we experience racism yeah. now, then... 50 years ago, like... They were experiencing a lot more intensive, overt racism. So in that way, I, I kind of put that as the backdrop to our parents' preferences. But do your parents ever try and... I don't know, just tell you who to date or do they have a preference for you? Mm, they never
2: really told me like who to date. If anything, it's funny. It's always been this like running gag in my family that everyone expects me to marry a white man. <laughs> <laughs> I've expressed like, multiple times that, well, that's not really my preference, but okay. But see, because I was the first one born here, that's just what they expect that some white man is going to come sweep me off my feet. And hey, if you, <laughs> if they are ready to do that, I will right. accept.
1: <laughs> That's really funny. We also used to have that running joke with my cousin as well. <laughs> With Camille. She used to just... I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. But we all, like, suspected because Nick Jonas was plastered on the bedroom wall for a few, a few many years. Oh, that, my like, gosh. <laughs> you know what? It might be that, too.
2: I was obsessed with Jonas Brothers, too. And when I was 11, my entire room was covered in their posters. So... so I don't know.
1: From, from those years onwards, we just, like, envisioned that she was going to be with a white man, which has never come true. Fr- I don't even know if she's dated a white man, to be honest. Um... <laughs> But that is hilarious. Um, how about you, Matthew? Any preferences uh, coming
0: out of your family? No, not, not Not in terms of race. Not at all. They, in fact, they, I think they all think I'm just this really innocent person who hasn't done anything or dated anyone, which is kind of sweet. Gets, it, 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 it's mm. kind of precious, you know? And they're always shot by, oh, 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 you know about this thing? And I'm like, <laughs> boy, you know, y'all are really... <laughs> no, but... it." But you were grown. What is this been, thing like, with parents and who's not, think, who's like, like always follow the straight and narrow? <laughs> Quote uh... unquote, the straight and narrow, and they just have no. They just have no idea, and I don't really tell them because I don't really ask. So,
1: um, did you not have a moment like that, Nadia, where your parents like realized that you're you're not the innocent they thought you were?
2: Um. Oh yeah. When your I'm mom sure walked that in the room. from... <laughs> No, <laughs> so, well, okay, went that trade. was the extreme <laughs> side, but no, honestly, through like my teen years, because I went to Huron surrounded by white kids, it was very normal for the parties to happen every weekend, and you know, I didn't want to be left out, so I was always trying to go. And of course, with that, I was introduced to drinking mm-hmm. from very young, and no, I got into I got into trouble a lot of times. <laughs> there were a lot of arguments. If anything, I was the uh, troublemaker. So, no, I didn't... I think they lost that innocent perspective of me from right. a long time it's ago. It's
1: really funny you say that because when I, like, knew of you but didn't really know you on a more personal level, like, I really felt like I look... You, what you exude is a very goody-two-shoes. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> So now that I talk to you on, like, a regular, I know that I can, like, picture you, like, I don't know, on some stupid shit, just coming home and, like, fumbling through the front <laughs> door, and then your parents are like, what the fuck, Nadia? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it's so weird, like, because if anything, like, I am very responsible, even from when I started, like, going to parties and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I would always make sure that I had a ride home. Okay, well, sometimes I had some not very smart nights but most of the time like you had it together you know i was i was planning things out i was making sure i did things properly but you know there were the few nights where i was irresponsible and yeah stumbled into my house and you know got my ass beat but it's It's all about balance
1: (laughs) i'm actually dead there was one time in high school um that i i don't know if i actually came home from a party Let's keep in mind that me as a person, generally, I don't have a lot of guy friends. I'm a girl's girl. So I had a few, like maybe two or three like actually close guy friends within high school. And so much so, like there was one time, complete fluke, let me tell you. I don't know how this happened. We were all in my room, me, another girl, and then... So it was, it was three girls and two guys. We were watching a movie in my room. And we all, I think, we were smoking. So we all fell asleep... <laughs> we all fell asleep and then my mom walks in the next morning and there's there's literally s- s- five or six people on one bed like it was it was like, <laughs> the craziest thing my mom was like this is never allowed again like why are they here and like obviously she's looking at the guys then but then like, a little bit after that yes. she had mentioned she's like oh da 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 you know this is your first kiss and I'm like what?
0: yeah yeah there's an <laughs> assumption <I'm> like, yes <laughs> Right. And we I was like, just be oh, vibing, that's... though. We just be vibing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> For
0: sure. <laughs> like, get your mind out of the gutter, Come sorry. on. Yeah. Wow. But that's,
1: yeah, that was my that's little weird. moment of, Excuse me, you're not the girl I thought you were.
0: <laughs> and it was, it, <laughs> and right. that's, actually, that's actually so, like, just not even like all, all that. It's not even bad. It's not even bad. They just fell asleep. No, no,
1: nothing, um, extreme. And we were like, it was too many of us for it to A, be comfortable, um,
0: and, be and B, for yeah. anything
1: to be going on that wasn't like the absolute extreme. Yeah. <laughs>
2: At the end of the day, you're like, what, five teenagers in one bedroom? What did she think was going to happen? (laughs) Not to be, like, inappropriate, but, like... No, the only thing that could go down was was going
1: on there. I can guarantee that was a no for me. She probably thought you were playing spin the bottle, like... I don't even know what she thought. She was just upset. She honestly didn't even make anyone leave, though. She just, like... Again, like angrily leaves oh. the room, and then like tells that's me nice. about it afterwards. Well, she's not someone who like quietly enters. Like she came in and saw people and was like, "What's going on?" Like you know, she's not worried about waking okay. anyone up, <laughs> but mm. she did like let people slowly actually wake up <laughs> and come to. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um. So yeah, that's what that's kind of you know what it's been like here in Newmarket in terms of dating. Um. And I feel like with this pandemic. Things have just taken... I didn't think it was possible. Like, I really did think already, you know, with dealing and wheeling and talking and all that stuff going on, um, that our dating lives couldn't sink any farther. And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) Right. And it has been an interesting time. What have y'all experienced on these... Now, it's, it's all about dating apps, because... What bar? But...
0: Yeah, <laughs> what have you guys experienced? I've literally had like one Zoom. I wouldn't even call it a date. Just ch- chatting each other up, really, and sort of like.
1: Oh my gosh! On actually on Zoom or like face was it time. a FaceTime? <laughs> Not FaceTime, my
0: Facebook Messenger. I think. Okay. And I was just like, "Boy, this sucks. I hate it. I need. I need it to be. I need. I honestly right. do need like Jeez. face-to-face interaction. Yeah, me too.
2: Right." No, the FaceTime dates are not cutting it. <laughs> like, I know, at least for me, it's weird. Like, I've completely given up on the dating apps. It was fun in first year. Won't lie, had had a good time there. But after that, like, no one on there is serious. Yeah. At least from what I've come across. It's been a whole lot of weirdos. So... Yeah, that's not something that I look at no. as a reliable dating source whatsoever.
1: And now every I, every man and their dog are on, are on the dating apps now because it's the only option.
2: Right? Exactly. Because we're all just inside, on our phones, like, under lockdown, how else are you going to meet people?
1: Yeah, and so I completely agree. The crazies and the weirdos are out <laughs> and they're hunting and... We have we have to cut through the thick of it to experience something mean of meaningful. So you finally meet someone who you're willing to give them your number and not maybe your Instagram handle. Um, and, and like some people don't like calling. I don't. I can't vibe with those people at all. Um, because at the very least, I need to hear your voice and and the mannerisms mm. within your voice. If and if I can't mm. see you in person, um, video call is optimal. But sometimes like it. Again, like, some people don't know when it's appropriate or not appropriate. And, like, granted, even though I've been texting you, you're still a complete oh, cool. stranger. Like, let's set up a call. Let's set... Like, you know what I mean? Don't call me at 3 a.m. randomly and actually expect that I'm going to answer. <laughs> I know why you're calling at 3 a.m. I don't... You're a stranger <laughs> still. I have no idea what you're trying to do here. Um. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird for me because I like that in-person, uh, again, connection and everything. And it's so hard to find someone who you actually want to try hard enough to maintain that and then you're always sat there with the prospects of like oh when it, when covid's over we'll do this or you know right yeah and and just trying to find out trying to find something to do other than go on a nature walk right yeah
2: it's so like it's weird because you could meet someone through whatever. At least, like, for me, over the past year, it's been weird. Like, I've met, like, a couple people through social media apps. And, like, trying to build some sort of connection um, with people just through, like, texting or whatever. It's, like, next to impossible. At least for me, like... I won't know for sure until we meet. So not having that opportunity to get together with someone, it ruins a lot of what could be like potential connections because you haven't seen each other face to face. You're not getting those body language cues. And it's so easy for things to be misinterpreted over text.
1: The spark i feel like the spark oftentimes is really misinterpreted over text too because yeah all you're doing is creating this fantasy man in your head based on what they're giving you and then after months of talking to them in this in this way then you meet them in person and they are half of the person that you've envisioned in your head now you're like grappling with this do i you know continue to get them to know them as who they are now, are they, like, completely different? Like, I'm, I've i had that happen where you're talking to this person for, like, literally months via yeah. online, social media, whatever the case might be. is. And then you meet them in person and they're completely different because the confidence that they exude over text message when it's just typing something in and and everyone knows that, the confidence people like to have because they think the screen is protecting them. Then we meet in person and, like, you're barely talking to me. Right. Can barely even look yeah. at you, like yeah,
2: it's just awkward silence.
1: And I feel like that's like just completely skipped over when you just meet people in person, and that's why I hate dating apps for that yeah. reason because it wastes a lot of time because you have to like figure out if you're attracted to this person on more than just like that um, superficial level. Yes, right. So then the talking stage, which is already too damn long before. <laughs> The talking, the dealing, whatever, whatever term wheeling you want to term it was already stupid long. We were already trying to combat all these stupid ass gray areas before. And now it's its just prolonged. Exactly.
2: Like, I swear COVID has just been just this prolonged talking stage and I can only talk or text for so yeah, long. I'm just uninterested. Like, it's just... I need more. Yeah. And you know, like, after, even through texting, like, you know, after a few months, whether you could see something happening with this person. And if it just gets to the point where now you feel like you're forcing it, you're getting the one reply a mm-hmm. day, or they're taking forever to respond now. And because you haven't even met in person, I feel like there's not really, um you don't have this like level of respect or trust yet to like properly communicate how you're feeling about the situation so I know at least in some of my experiences some of these talking stages have gone on for way too long when they could have been cut from the very very beginning and like it's not just other people like it's me as well like it's something that I need to work on as well but it's just so hard when you haven't, like, gotten that face-to-face interaction to truly be vulnerable with someone on that yeah. level.
1: And I think it actually probably even ties back into what we were saying earlier in regards to, like, the dating culture in North America. It's no wonder. Mm-hmm. It's no wonder we now have a talking stage. It's dating. You're yeah. dating someone. You're dating someone and, ho- right. and and testing out the waters and feeling them out and, and getting more information about them. But we've narrowed it down or we've separated it now into this quote-unquote talking, wheeling, dealing stage. And I think that comes probably directly from the fact that people don't know how to be upfront anymore. People don't know how to say what they want or they're afraid to say what they want because they don't know how people are going to receive it or, you know, I don't know what you want. Like before in the olden days, it was like, well, no, we have to get married so that we can have sex, so that we can like delve into the full fullness of this relationship so like i want the commitment i want to know everything about you and now it's like well i don't know what they want (laughs) now we have to figure out okay are they actually interested in me for something more or do they just want a one night fling and and dash and then it's
2: ridiculous because you'll be going through this quote unquote talking stage where you know you're not official and maybe both parties are also engaging with other people Mm -hmm. and yet like we're too afraid to talk about our feelings but at the same time you have no problem
1: getting physical with me so where's
2: where's the distinction because it's not making sense to me
1: yeah no but I find like those things now have to almost be stated like first thing like if it's not said within that first conversation then It does. It it persists for an unexplained amount of time for however long you want to act as if, like, you don't like this person. Right. When in reality, maybe they do Mm -hmm. like you,
2: but they're just too scared to express that. And it's, it's just so frustrating. Like, how, how does, I'm honestly, I'm jealous of the people in, like, thriving relationships because it just feels you so there? hard right. <laughs> yeah, to find someone who's willing to be on that kind of like intimate level with you like for real because i don't know man the people i've come across so so, <laughs> so
0: familiar
2: <laughs> i just don't get it yes right that's the only word because i don't know what's been going on
1: so What is that max time that you have decided, both pre- and post-COVID now, um, that you will, quote-unquote, talk with someone?
2: Um, At least for me, like... I don't know. like It's so weird with this whole COVID-not-COVID because within COVID, like, okay, I'll give you a little extra leeway because we're not really able to see each other in person like that. But maybe, like... 2 to 4 months i feel like that's an okay time frame any longer than that i know that you've been able to distinguish whether you could see something happening longer with me and if you haven't put in the effort to try to express that to me then clearly this is just a waste of time but like post covid if we do have the chance to regularly see each other and you know get to know each other face-to-face, then I don't know, I feel like a couple months should be good, because why are you still taking me out on dates six months into it, but then you still don't know if you want to be my man? It's not making sense. Oh my god, I need
1: to raise my standards.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) And then they're taking on all the other benefits as well without the relationship label. Like, no, we're not doing this anymore, ladies. No, honestly. No,
1: that is so, so true. Like, I I put in my mind, is like, okay, six months is max. That's a whole (laughs) half a damn year that he is reserving me for what? For what? He is not sending flowers my way. Maybe he's paying for a one-two dinner. Like... Oh my gosh. And I feel like that also probably is, is what, I don't know, in my mind, I kind of give it like, you know, over in COVID, it's really hard to a meet up somewhere because there's nowhere to meet up. I don't want to come and have you meet my mom. Like, and I don't yes. want to go and meet your mom. So like, it's those elements <laughs> <laughs> of like not having somewhere to link up, which creates that kind of, um elongates the process. But then also I feel like people are not creative at all. Like, you could totally yes. send flowers to my house you could like you know what I mean like we could set up a quote unquote zoom date and actually you say like okay you get your bottle of wine or send me a bottle of wine hello send me, like, right. send me a bottle of wine you have yours on the other end and we're like having a cute little picnic via zoom or, or facetime or whatever the case and be like people are just so not creative and like that chivalry is so not, so firmly dead <laughs> That I really have a hard time.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I There's this one phrase that I see on Twitter all the time that grinds my gears so much. It's the whole, if he wanted to, he would. And it's like, okay, that's just like the biggest ding to my self-esteem. So bad. Because what the <laughs> hell? Like, all these people I've dealt with, they didn't want to. Like, they didn't. They didn't. Because they didn't want to. So it's like, why have I been wasting my time with these?
1: But, you know, it's all a learning experience. No, we just have to reinforce that you are the shit. Like, you are that bitch. You are gorgeous. You are fine. <laughs> like, no, seriously. On Call Her Daddy, for all of the Call Her Daddy listeners, um, she was talking, I think, I think, like, one or two episodes ago about how her standards were raised when a guy sent her um, an Uber Lux. To pick her up. Ooh. Like, are you dumb? Yes, (laughs) If an Escalade rolls up outside of my house, a Lexus, a Mercedes, whatever the hell it is, rolls up outside of my house to get me, to pick me up for our date. Like,
2: I already like you and I don't
1: even know what you look like.
2: Exactly. Like, that's the kind of effort that a lot of people are missing. Yeah. And at least, like, and I'm sorry, Matthew, like, this little tangent has gone on from, like... The heterosexual side, no, but we're gonna get to you. Don't yeah, worry. No, for real. <laughs> but um, I just feel like um, oh, I lost my train of thought. What was, what was I gonna we're talking say? About effort. Um, yeah, just putting in the effort in general. Like someone that I was dealing with, um, you know, they're always asking to see you, whatever. Okay, cool, I'm down, and then, and usually like women, we're not really getting what we should be in a lot of these
1: encounters. No, not at all. Be honest. No, we are not pleased by the experience at all.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So the least you could do is come pick me up and take me home or something. Provide me some food, okay, for my bare time, minimum. Take a least. damn shower, please. Yeah. Like
1: honestly, and we and it, it's the problem is that ladies accept nothing. <laughs> they accept these bare minimals. yes, and and that's where it's created this culture of like them thinking that that's enough. I'm here to tell y'all right now. Then- if you got, if you're trying to step to me, come correct.
2: Yes, exactly. But. And, like, the fact that all three of us haven't been in, like, serious relationships, like, why do you guys think that is from your own well, personal experience? Well,
0: uh, I'm sure there are other reasons, and I think those other reasons are other reasons, but for so far, I haven't actually tried for a serious relationship. I've just kept things casual. Even when, I'm, like, I'm dating and there's this sort of understanding that, okay, this could become serious, I'm just really casual in the way that I do it i don't really pressure anybody you know
1: oh it might, might be response? an intimacy issue
0: i'm open to i'm open to anything being mm. trauma to be honest you know cuz you know things i thought weren't trauma become traumatic and i'm just like well <laughs> there's the trauma oh and there's the damage and there then there's the emotional response that's great so you know whatever
1: yeah no i say that because that mm-hmm. that spoke to me too like i I have a real hard time uh, opening myself up like that. And so I think I also probably play things off. I feel like I try and beat people to it. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I'm already already thinking about this casually. So like, you can't offend me by, by saying, oh, you don't want anything more. Right.
2: I don't know. Like for me, it's, I mean, I feel like I definitely relate on a level to what you guys are saying. Like, just having that guard up due to, you know, numerous unresolved, (laughs) (laughs) like, childhood issues. And then on the other side of it, like, I feel like I'm also someone that's very emotional and, like, not afraid to express those emotions. So there have been, like, some situations where I feel like I've overshared at maybe too soon. And then that kind of scared the other person away because... Like we've said, like, this generation is very closed off right. when it comes to expressing how we feel. And that's pretty unfortunate. And also, like, I can't even lie, like, looking the way that I do, being plus size, like, for a lot of people, it takes a lot of unlearning to being comfortable, to being with people with various body shapes, right? Right. And because we've been conditioned to um, accept that a certain ideal is desirable or is attractive, it can be hard for people to want to break out of those norms. Right. It takes so much unlearning. So with that, like, I give a grain of salt. But at the same time, we're grown. Like, you need to figure it out. And at the end of, end of the day, if you care for someone who cares what they look like. Right. As long as they're a good partner to you.
1: Well, I think even that's probably something that happens often too, in terms of us caring about, like I can be okay with who I'm looking at and then me thinking in the back of my mind, okay, but what's my sister going to think about <laughs> this guy? What's my friend going to think about this guy? And I think a lot of the time like that also drives yeah, for people. Sure. Unfortunately. Especially if you have
0: like a, a relatively large yeah. group of friends who are like experienced in dating. They are they are not shy about sharing their opinions,
2: mm-hmm. right? And it's like, okay, I'm just trying to get into the pool. Like I was a late bloomer, all right. You oh, guys yeah. have all experiences. and, and, and like, we've <laughs> heard, and we've <laughs> Give heard all break their here.
0: experiences because they do share, whether you want them to or not.
1: Yes, we have heard everything. That is so funny. <laughs> I I don't know. I I really chalk mine up to intimacy issues, to mm-hmm. be honest. Um. I don't open myself up in that way, but that's not the point. of yeah. Well, uh,
0: for me, I have no problem being intimate or like emotionally vulnerable, but it's almost like there's that. It's my brain separates being intimate and emotionally vulnerable to someone between that and actually really, really, really liking them, like deeply liking them. Right? It's like I have to like like them on, a, on a, an extremely deep level to actually want to vibe with them. So. That creates issues where we know each other, we like each other, we vibe well, but I just don't care enough.
1: Right. I think um, me and my sister were talking uh, about that the other day, about kind of the avoidance, right? So when I feel as though I am like really attracted to you, like I go into panic mode almost. It's like, oh my god, what do I have to do to keep you? What, like this? Does he like this? And, like, everything is just racing through your mind in such a way that it pushes me away from you because I'm like, okay, well, I don't want to be too clingy, so maybe I won't message him. Maybe it'll take three hours to message back because I don't want to come off like I'm, you know, like you mentioned, Nadia, like you're too open, like you're giving too much Uh into the situation. Yeah. And, you know, which then you do the opposite and that kind of just yeah. ends up killing things because the fact you're that not you you're
0: you see someone you really like and your first phrase right. in your head is, oh no, is like, it's not a good thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's not how it should start. I'm, I'm signing myself up for therapy tomorrow.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Honestly, no, I finally got oh, my yay. appointment. So, <laughs> it's time to get through the work because there's a whole lot going on there. And honestly, like, it plays out in so many different aspects of life, not even just dating. It's crazy how all these, like, deep-rooted emotional experiences um, just have an effect on Mm -hmm. your everyday life. And when it comes to something as what should be perceived as simple, such as dating, it becomes the most, like, anxiety-filled, stressful situation right. ever. And I feel like when it comes to finding your person, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, so. and I
1: think like you mentioned, and we kind of mentioned it before in the podcast as well, just it affecting more than just your dating life. It affects how you step out, step out into the world, how confidently you do so, and again, showing your true colors, and showing that to anyone and everyone who comes across your path, and just shining brightly in your own glow completely irrelevant to what other people's expectations are of you or you know all those societal pressures so that's what I just encourage everyone going through similar situations especially you know black girls being the bottom of the totem pole quote-unquote and all that stuff just to remember who you are and there is there how many people are on this earth now have we surpassed nine billion yet We're getting there the way we are most <laughs> i don't even know yeah it's you know there's there, someone yeah. there are, are multiple people out there for you and i just encourage everyone to be open and honest with their feelings because that is your truth at the end of the day um and being open and honest with their feelings will save you a lot of time it'll save you um getting much deeper into a relationship especially you know you're one year into a talking stage let that man go let him go you know what I mean? Like, right. we need to be more confident in our own feelings and validating our own feelings and um, just, you know, you are the prize. You are the prize to be won and, and yes. then act as such because, you know, queens don't bow down to the peasants. Not that.
0: <laughs> Any final thoughts? Um, just that, you know, it's okay if it's hard. There's nothing wrong with you if it's hard. And you shouldn't put yourself down if you find it hard.
1: Yeah. And it's work. I think also sometimes when something like, you know, the, the scenario that happened at the beginning of the podcast where something, there's a slight disconnect. It's okay to work through that. It's okay to say, okay, he was unaware, make your feelings known and make, um, the expectation known, um, and give that person the opportunity to come back from that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all that on speaking your truth <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on this episode uh, this week on dating and interracial dating um, hope you guys enjoyed it and we will be back in another couple weeks with another fascinating episode of Black Magic the Podcast thank you
0: y'all take care
1: adios bye
0: bye
1: and we're out